listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show exists to help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's get into the show. So we got our first factor meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef crafted dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how factor meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low calorie. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. Quick announcements before we get into the show. First thing is I uh, signed up to Vero. Maybe it's Vero. I don't know what it is, but it's a new platform, new social media. You know, I don't know if it's going to stick around, but I wanted to check it out. I wasn't excited to do so, to be completely honest, but I've dug my teeth into it and I'm having a good time, actually. Two reasons. One, uh, it's got a chronological feed. I'm not hardcore. I'm not one of those people that's upset about the algorithm on Instagram, um, but I do prefer a chronological feed. The other thing I think is cool about Vero is that uh, you can share your your book recommendations and your music recommendations, and uh, I'm going to be doing both of those things on there, especially books, because I think that's relevant to the Creative Pep Talk audience. Uh, just finished up a book called, or I'm about to finish up a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. You can go check out what I was thinking about that book and also recommend some books on that platform. You can just search my name, Andy J Pizza, and follow me on there. All right. Uh, another thing, calendars, 2018 calendars. I think by this t- by the time this goes out, they will be completely sold out. Thank you guys for coming out and so- supporting the show. Super happy with how those turned out, and I'm looking forward to doing a 2019 calendar, God willing. Um, and then, uh, so uh, today on the show... We have Jimma Carell for round two. This uh, Jimma Carell was coming into my town, and uh, I, I'm going to try to get her on the show as many times as I possibly can because I'm a crazy fan. She uh, exemplifies all of the creative pep talk principles, and actually I wanted to get her on here right after the last episode to give us a little break in our Creative Career Path series because last episode we were all talking about uh, getting good, defining good, and I asked Gemma what her definition of good comics are, good cartoons, and she had tons of good things to say about it. So I feel like she was perfect um, to place in this part of the series. And you know, the other reason I want her on as much as possible is because she's uh, just been a friend, an online friend, and an in-person friend a few times, but. She's been an online friend since the beginning of my journey, and she's always been so lovely. And I remember even back in the day, she probably doesn't even remember, but early, like, this must have been like 2007 when we were both 
uh, either in school or about to graduate. And, uh, and we were both doing some contests, some design illustration contest when this was kind of a more normal thing over in the UK. And I don't know if you were existing back then on online, but it, it trolls were actually more rampant in a way they were more common. Maybe they weren't as gross, but they were, they were all over the place. And so even on these design contests, you just had so many people coming out of the woodwork, just trashing your design. And, uh, I remember Gemma sent me a message about my design saying that she thought it was really good and that not to listen to these trolls. And, uh, that was so nice. And I still remember it. So thanks Gemma. You're gonna love this episode. I wanted to I wanted to talk to her about some of the things I talked to her about last time and get some updated answers, but also some new territory as well. And this is one of my favorite interviews. You're going to love it. I should say real quick, I mean, I'm assuming you know who she is. She's got 500,000. She just had 500,000 followers on Instagram. So I'm guessing you probably follow her if you're into this kind of scene. If not, go follow her. She's one of my favorite people to follow there. Uh, uh, at Gemma Carell. G-E-M-M-A-C-O-R-R-E-L-L. She is a fantastic illustrator. She just did a big campaign for the Amazon Echo, but she's probably best known for her, for for being a cartoonist. She she is super hilarious and does all kinds of stuff with uh, pugs. She did a super popular shirt called, that said pugs, not drugs on it. You probably saw that somewhere. Um, Anyway, that's a little bit about her. Without further ado, for real this time, here's Gemma Carell. Uh, my first question is a softball mm-hmm. question. Not, it's not actually about softball. It's an easy okay, question. Okay, because that would be I, a hard question <laughs> for me. Uh, uh, what is something, so you, how long have you been living in the U.S.? I've been here about two and a half years now. And have you, how many times have you been back? I've been back to uh, the UK once okay. since I've been here. So what are the things that you miss the most? Well, my friends and family, Other of than course. that, Other you knew that's that. the cop-out answer. <laughs> Other than that, I miss um, Indian food. Yes. And I miss uh, chips from the fish and chip shop. Yeah. You There's nothing like those. that here. No, it's the way they fry them, and I think the potatoes themselves. Yes. It's, um, I did miss Iron Brew, but then I went to um, Jungle Gyms in Cincinnati, and they had Iron Brew. True. So did you just have it? Yes. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I actually feel like I was just talking to my brother, uh, my little brother. He was talking about Epcot at Disney World, and uh, Epcot to me is like just a giant, Jungle gyms, basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. That is basically what it is. Yeah. yeah. We're like, yeah, okay, and that's. I guess you can pay, uh, you know, one hundred and seventy dollars to go to a jungle, <laughs> jungle well, gym, yeah. or, or just go to jungle gyms. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, so, what do you think? This is another just random question, but what do you think are the from being here? You've been here long enough to get a little bit of uh, a sense of Americans. What do you think is the biggest misconception about England and Britain? Like, do you, that you do you run into misconceptions? I think people hear hear a British accent and think that we're smart. 
Um, yeah. Not because I'm not laughing because you're not smart. Yeah. I laugh too hard there. That's not what I meant. But I do find, I do find, I do find that like when my wife starts talking, that people are like, "Oh, she's yeah. very sophisticated." She must know what she's talking about, <laughs> yeah. and then I feel a lot of pressure to know what I'm talking about, and most of the time I don't. Yeah, that's funny. I do think that that's true. Uh, what? So I don't think we talked a lot about this last time you were on the show. Um, I wanted to see if you could tell us a little bit about what it was like to grow up where you grew up. I don't. I know you went. I know where you went to school. Mm-hmm. You went to Norwich. Yeah. Uh, but I is that where you're from? No, I'm from Ipswich, okay. which is kind of between Norwich and London. Right. In Suffolk. Okay. And do you think that there were things about your childhood with your family, uh, growing up there, that impacted the person that you became as a creative person and just generally? Um, yes. Well, my family are not, nobody in my family is really in the creative professions. Um, my uncle is an art teacher, um, but most of my family are either in the medical field or teaching. Um, so I had, um, I had the average, I would say, amount of access to art and creativity. Um, we had a lot of books at home, so I read a lot as a kid. Yeah. Um, we had a great library in town. Um, my school was very supportive of me as an artist. Um, they quickly realized that I would do anything to get out of PE. Um, <laughs> so they would yeah. let me do, they'd be like, oh, we have this um, school fate coming up and we really need a poster for it. So, a um, school what? What is a it? A fate. What is that? Like a, like a fair. Okay. All yeah, right. just a yeah. fancy word for fair. Right. Um, so they would ask me to draw the poster and then be like, oh, we need it this morning and that's when PE is. That is so, so you, nice. you might have to skip PE. And, yeah. I actually, when I was a kid, even though I love music, uh, I, I don't know why, but I would, did, you, did you guys have to learn the recorder? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would fake sick on music days because I couldn't face it. I don't know if I just couldn't practice it but I felt so sick and nervous, and I would just fake ill or go to the nurse's office. I couldn't do it. I hated it. I hated playing. Yeah, the recorders are not the most attractive sound when they're, you know, when there's thirty of <laughs> yeah. them playing at the same time. <laughs> yeah. They do ocarinas now. They do. Um, well, it, in the school I used to work at, they did ocarina instead of recorder, which is much nicer. I and I would have been super into it just because I'm a crazy Zelda fan. Right. And I would have been like, this is amazing. That would have changed my whole childhood because I had all kinds of shame with, you know, lying to my parents. I'm like, oh, I can't go to school today and all that stuff. If, if if they had only changed earlier, that would have been amazing. I wish I could play the ocarina now, actually. Uh, but but anyway, that's, that's a sidebar. The Did, did you feel like, uh, was there any... I mean, did you have a good family experience as a kid? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, um, I. It was very average kind right. of growing up. I was in a medium-sized town. Had one brother. My parents. Yeah. Had, one point uh, two brothers. Yeah. Like the average, yeah. Average. Yeah. Um, I had my my grandmother's. Um, my grandfather's wife died when I was quite young. Um, I had my cousins around, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like regular old 
go to school at the week, go to church on Sunday, um, at the weekend maybe go to the park. Yeah. Did you draw at church? Um, I actually did a monthly uh, page for the church newsletter. Oh. It was called Bible Bill. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, It was called Kids Corner with a K. Kids nice. with a Z, no, corner with a I was, K. My second question was, was it a Z at the end? <laughs> it was very much a Z. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Do you, so, okay, that's interesting. So did you, you, you would draw as a comic? Yes, it was a comic and I would put in puzzles and um, it would be, I would kind of vaguely allude to church business of which I knew nothing, you know. <laughs> How old were you? I was like, oh, I started doing it when I was, about eight and I kept doing it till I was about uh, 14 and then my cousin took over <laughs> you passed the torch yeah. to your cousin so and so was it printed yes yeah it was yeah so do you think that that I mean did that impact you do you think seeing your stuff like yeah for sure yeah. yeah having like seeing it and having people come up to me and talk about it like oh I really like that uh coloring in you did where it was like <laughs> the characters from friends saying stuff it was really yeah oh that is amazing (laughs) oh my gosh that is incredible do you have that stuff anymore i have um i don't have anything but i um the lady who who ran the newsletter we're we're still friends so she's got the whole um back catalog back catalog of of kids corner that's crazy kids (laughs) corner did you make that up or did they already have that? Um, I made it up, but I feel like I, I probably got that from somewhere else. Right, okay, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. And see, I actually think that um, I didn't have a lot of stuff like that when I was a kid, but I do feel like that impacts your decisions and what mm-hmm. you, you know, and even seeing, I feel like seeing your work printed, even in the most ordinary way, uh, and reproduced and having people interact with it must have sparked some kind of thing like that like yeah. that's a thing you could do were you already into comics and stuff before that I think you were yes. like your big far side fan yeah I yeah. was I mean we had um we had the far side and we had Carl Giles those were the what we had at home so I read that a lot and um, the far side annual yeah um and then like my brother got the Beano and I got uh Bunty. <laughs> and these are, are they British? British yeah, comics, okay. yeah. And actually, I feel like in England, there's, I mean, even just in Europe, there's a comics culture that doesn't exist for kids, especially here. Yeah, it was just kind of something that everyone did. They got the weekly comic. Yep. Um, you know, and it, it would come with a candy stuck on the front like a free gift yeah um so i tried to emulate that myself at so as well as kids corner i also ran um the chatterbox which was my um primary school's comic um, oh man i'm so i'm like eating this up this is i was it was supposed to be i i set it up and i was supposed to some of my friends were supposed to contribute but most of the time they they didn't really want to um so i just did the whole thing yeah and um, I would have, I was just so obsessed with magazines and comics and reading. And I was like, well, I'm just going to, why can't I just do this myself? So I would draw everything up and then the school let me, I, the school was so good to me. They would let me go in the office and photocopy the comic um, and they would charge me like 2p or something. Man. Um, 
and then I sold it for 20p. Oh my gosh, you even um, have like the so art and commerce <laughs> right from the beginning, that is amazing. I would go to the corner shop just up the road from school and I would yeah. buy penny sweets. Yeah. So like, um, which doesn't like exist wraps. here either. Yeah, no, I mean idea. it doesn't in England anymore either. Right. It's more yeah. like tempe sweets. Right. But I would buy those. I would sellotape them to the front. I would oh have competitions. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> so I would have like a coloring competition, and then I would have to force people to enter. Mm. Um, and then I would buy like a, a packet of like a whole packet of Smarties or something as the prize. Um, and my school also had. Um, there was like they set up this bank thing. So Barclays Bank um, yeah. is like one of the main British banks, and um, they came to our school to set us up with bank accounts as young as possible. <laughs> Did you say yeah. like, drug dealing to the to the kids, like getting you stuck in yeah. the account? And they would have this. Yeah. It was a, there was this cool um, money box that you would get when you opened an account. It was this eagle, like the Barclays logo. It was called Barclay Bill. And then um, there was a plush eagle that was also a money box. And then they would also did run... Ba- wait, Barclays Bill, did that influence Bible Bill, possibly? No, or Bible was that Bill after? Was okay, so yeah. they, you maybe influenced them. Yeah, but... maybe, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they will read the kids' corner, I'm sure. They were stuck into that. That's funny. Um, so they would also run competitions with the local schools where um, you would design a Christmas card or something like that. And... Again, nobody entered, um, so I would win every time. And you would get, I think first prize was £10, second prize was £5. Um, and I, because nobody else entered, I, was, I would always win. Yeah. And then I would do one, I would draw a card from my friends as well so that they could get second prize. Oh, my God. So I had, like, £50 that pounds in my that bank account. That is crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy. Do you, so do you think... Uh, were you, even from when you were really little, just making tons of stuff? Yes. Is it just part of just just your DNA, basically? Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to make the things that I loved. So I loved books, so I would get, um, I'd go into like my mom and dad's um, stationery cabinet. They didn't have a stationary cabinet. That makes it sound very fancy. That sounds like the cupboard what that had the in old America think in. English people have. Yeah, they went to the stationery in the bureau. Cupboard. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if there was like an old like ring bound notebook or whatever, I would take that and then I would write a story in that, fully fully written, fully illustrated. Um, I gave a lot of them away to my friends. Um, I would force my <laughs> my arts and stories on my friends a lot. I'd be like, oh, good, another full-length story oh, from gosh. Gemma. That is so funny. And do you think that, um, what is your, I know that, uh, I don't know, it might not apply to everybody, but what do you think your school, What, what what's the takeaway education-wise in terms of like, I feel like even your church and your school clearly not, like, I feel like I didn't have those same outlets. Like, I don't feel like people were looking for my potential and giving me outlets for things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, it seemed like it had a big impact on, your, like, they're championing, championing your uh, spirit, the th- this natural energy and stuff mm-hmm. that you're wanting to do. I mean, is that, 
I mean, is that true? Do, what do you think was happening yeah, there? I think I was just lucky. Um, the school I went to was pretty small. Yeah. So we, we got a lot of attention. Um, and I think they basically couldn't stop me from drawing. <laughs> so they were like, well, at least we can uh, kind channel, of it. channel it into something yeah. productive. Um, we had a school shop as well. And um, I kind of forced them to make the publicity department so that I could make posters. <laughs> oh my God. It was just like any opportunity I could find to transform a project into something where I could draw. That's so good. And do you think you're, uh, it sounds like you have, like even from when you're little, you have a passion for books, printing, drawing, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it's all, so there's that part and then there's also a part, it seems like, where you have a, I don't know if ambition or drive is the right word, but it's definitely something about like taking charge and like making things happen. Like you're saying, you know, and I had, I turned it into a publicity thing and I had, and I said, here, I'll design your cards for your friends. And mm -hmm. do you think that, cause I feel like you're uh, an introvert, you're, you know, uh, pretty quiet generally like at least with new people mm -hmm. I don't know maybe <laughs> I don't know behind the scenes but uh you know we've only met a few times but do you feel like do you feel like an ambitious person not really okay um I've never been very ambitious for anything that I haven't loved right so it's more passion than ambition it's very much just um I have to do this right or I'll go crazy yeah yeah. You know, when I was, yeah. you grew up about the same time as me and um, everyone, sports were very important and, you know, I was very, very bad at sports. Me too, yeah. So I really needed something to keep me sane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was the same. I mean, I was absolutely <laughs> terrible at sports. I still am terrible. And my, my you know, it was like, uh, yeah, it's such a bizarre experience to grow up. I grew up with a sports family and I, I remember in like fourth grade, I decided to go do the basketball thing and I made so many air balls. I don't think I scored the entire time and I, no one would pass me the ball and I was so embarrassed and I hated it, but I just felt like this is what you have to do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what an air ball is. It sounds like a good thing to me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, I, I was air balls. doing all kinds of air balls. No, it's <laughs> where you throw the basketball and it doesn't hit the backboard, the net, anything. Just goes in the air onto the ground. And that, that was my special move. Okay. I still specialize in it, actually, when I play. <laughs> I'm very open about things. And I tell everybody my all of my secrets and all of my history. But... Growing up from before you, you know, all the way from when you're born to when you're going to college, are there things that, were there things that you had to overcome, you know, things that were tough? Uh, yes. I, I mean, I was very quiet and surprisingly, <laughs> and um, I was very good at school. I did very right. well yeah. in every subject with the exception of... PE. Okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, you know what happens to people like that. They get bullied. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I loved school because I really always loved learning, but I did have, I got teased a lot and, you know, I was, I had glasses and yeah. short, bad hair. 
sorry. So, so yeah, there were those things, but that just um, that just made me uh, more. It, it made me withdraw, but I would use that in my art and I would have a sketchbook with me all the time and make little diaries. Um, I spend a lot of time in the library. You know, it's now looking back, it was all, it was good. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I didn't necessarily think that I wanted to spend all of my time all friendless time. and alone <laughs> in the library. Yeah, right. And so, uh, and obviously that did channel into your journaling, into your drawing mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, do you think that uh, it's kind of strange? I feel like some people, I feel like I've always been kind of a passionate person with a lot of interests, but I feel like some people have a hard time. I, I have always kind of been jealous of you and your I feel like you have always had a really strong sense of who you are, even from when we first met online way back mm -hmm. in the day, uh, in your tastes and interests and is that something, I wonder if, um, do you think you've always had a clear sense of self? I think I have, but I didn't necessarily see it that way. Back then it was more just a sense of desperation that I, these are the things I have to do to um, stay sane. Um, but I have always had a certain aesthetic, I've always had things that I like, which haven't changed that much mm. since I was a kid. Like dogs? Like, well, I was a cat person. Oh, I know, you were. I know, yeah. I know that, yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of, I think I watched that happen. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I still like cats, but I, yeah, I found pugs. Are pugs different than dogs? Pugs are cat-like in some ways. Yeah. They're definitely, you know, they're dogs, but they're not dogs right <laughs> my daughter I told you this my daughter is crazy about your dogs mm -hmm. I don't know I don't really know how it happened she's only she'll be three soon somehow she saw them on my Instagram and now she's crazy and she basically uh, I told her that I'm going to see Mr. Pickles and Bella's mom and she was kind of sad she was feeling feelings when I said that and she's like She's, and then when I left today, she's like, where are you going, Bella? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not going to see the dogs, but I'll tell her mom, their mom, to say hi. So Alice oh, says that's hi. that's so sweet. Yeah. She wants a pug really bad, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just not, I don't know if I can deal with dogs, but. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, as your, do you feel like your art has been a tool of, I mean, you keep saying this. You keep saying that uh, it's a, it's been something that's helped you stay sane. Mm -hmm. First of all, but before I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to what I was originally gonna say. But do you stay sane? What does that mean for you personally? Like, uh, what was it helping you do? Like, what like what were you what are you battling with it, or at least at the time? Um. Mostly anxiety, um, being out in the world was scary for me because people were scary mm. and um, I had a lot of phobias as a kid, um, 
So drawing helped me kind of process everything in a way that I understood. I, I was never very good at um, speaking or even listening to teachers talking. Yeah. Um, I would have to write everything down as it was being said to be able to process it. Um, so I guess I, yeah, I guess that's the way I process. I couldn't understand stuff unless I wrote it down or drew it. Wow, oh, that's really interesting. So you, do you feel like you would be, where do you think you would be, not even career-wise, but just mental health-wise or, or whatever, if you didn't have this resource throughout your life? It's kind of hard to say because I just can't imagine it. Yeah. It's such a major part of my life. I mean, I, like I said, I did pretty well in school, so I probably could have done something else. Yeah. You know, I could have... I nearly became a teacher. I could have, you know, done science or gone to medical school or whatever. So, you know, I probably would have been okay, but I, I can't imagine how I would have got through life without being able to draw, at least as a hobby. Yeah, and I wonder, like, sometimes I think about how... I So, this is ridiculous, but I can't remember... I tried to go back and find this because it's a story I reference all the time. I can't remember if it's Bruce Springsteen that said it or... Uh, What's his name? Uh, uh, Louis Louis Anderson. Do you know Louis Anderson? He's a comic. He's. Uh, have you ever seen Baskets? It's a new show. Yes. Okay. He's Zach Galifianakis's mom on the show. Okay. That's yes. Louis Anderson. All right. So they're very different. <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Louis Anderson. So it's so funny that I can't remember, but I remember hearing an interview with one of them, and they were talking about how both of their dads were alcoholics. And they both were like ended and you know, their lives ended in not a good place. Mm -hmm. And they said that they felt like their art helped them process things. The same thing that their dad dealt their dads. I'm talking about it like they're both saying the same story, but <laughs> one of them said it. And they just said that art was a tool for them, like music or comedy or whatever, for self-actualization, for dealing with their demons and their stuff yep. in a way that their dad didn't have an outlet or a way to ask these questions, to work through this. Do you feel like that's a similar thing for you? Like, do you feel that it's, do you feel like you've grown a lot since age 20? Like? In some ways, yes. Yeah. But, um, you know, I still, if somebody said that I couldn't draw anymore, I would be pretty uh, adrift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see that. I, I know that, you know, my mom struggles with anxiety and she's not, she's not someone who draws. She probably doesn't think of herself as a creative person, although she, you know, she can sing and um, she's a very smart person. Um, but yeah, I mean, she doesn't have what I have. Yeah. And it's also a generational thing. I think we were a lot more encouraged as kids to do creative things, whereas when maybe our parents' generation was at school, it was a lot more, you need a practical job. Yeah. So uh, you just did a talk surrounding mental health stuff mm -hmm. in Cincinnati. Um, and do you, for any, even creative people or people that don't see themselves as creative, do you have any 
tips or tricks or whatever around making art to help you grapple with things like anxiety, depression. And I know, you know, I'm not speaking about it like drawing is going to solve all of those problems, you know, and like it's some easy thing, but do you, what are things that help you or, you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously drawing is not going to solve everything, otherwise uh, doctors would just prescribe Prescribe drawing drawing. (laughs) and everything would be great. Yeah. But I'm, for me, it's a process, but that's the way that my brain works and not everybody processes things that way. Some people need to speak to process. Yeah. But I do think that writing things down makes them... um, a, a more they it visualizes things for you that you don't even necessarily know were a problem mm. um when i'm drawing my sketchbook i'm not thinking about other people seeing it and i'm just doing it for myself and i think people worry with art that they're not good at it or they can't do it and therefore they don't do it yeah whereas you know everybody can put a pen to paper and make a line and you don't have to show anybody ever yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that more people should um, be able to use art as a tool to help them and they shouldn't feel like they have to show anyone, they shouldn't feel like um, it has to be good. Um, I think we've got this thing ingrained in us from childhood that art is something fun and frivolous and it's mm. something you do at school when um, you don't want to be doing PE lessons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and people feel guilty for making art because they think that they should be doing something more productive with their mm. time. Um, but, you know, taking... I've always found that... Well, I say always. It's only recently that I've been, got gotten better at taking breaks and taking time out and... For me, that means doing yoga or something because I'm drawing all the time. Yeah. But just that time out really helps to clear your head. Um, and, you know, if you're trying to solve a problem or come up with ideas, um, it's very easy to get very um, obsessive over trying to solve the problem, whereas it's actually more important to take the time out, clear your head, and that's when the problem's yeah. more likely to get solved. True. I think even your brain works that way. Like I think I've heard, you know, if you if you're struggling with a problem and grappling with it, uh, and then you allow yourself to walk away, that your subconscious will work on it while you're mm-hmm. taking a break, and that actually work on it better. Yeah. Um, do you do you when you're journaling, writing versus drawing? Do mm-hmm. you and I know you mix them, but do you does your brain work differently? When you're like, I wonder if you get different things out of doing one versus the other. Because some people might even be used to journaling with their words, but not with drawing. Like, does that, mm-hmm. do you find it gives you different things? Um, not really, because I, I don't write much. You know, I don't write long own, sentences right? and yeah. paragraphs. It's all very little lists and little annotations. Um, and so it's all very... It's the way I've always drawn, and so it comes naturally to me. Um, and, you know, some occasionally I do write longer things, and that's different. That's very um, stream of consciousness pouring everything out. Um, yeah. 
which is the drawing as well is is the same. It's like stream of consciousness, consciousness. You know what I mean. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I feel I can be a little more poetic, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. When I'm writing in longer prose. Yeah, and I. So this is the last one. I'm gonna shift gears, but I was gonna say. So do you think that uh, art has been a tool for your own growth? Though, do you feel like you are further along in your journey with anxiety and uh, by using art? If you didn't have it, do you think you would have more anxiety? Yeah, I, th- I, well, I can't say for sure. Maybe yeah. I would have found something else. Right, and true. Yeah. art is not the only thing that I do. do. Yeah. Uh, if it was, may, uh, well, it, it was for a long time, and mm-hmm. I didn't get rid of my anxiety. And you right. know, it's, it's also part of who I am. It's just. Right. My personality is to be a warrior. Right. Um, but, yeah, without art, I would definitely struggle a lot more, for and, sure. And do you think that it has uh, helped you develop as a person, generally? Um, I don't know if that makes sense as a question, but <laughs> it's just kind of like, it seems to me, and I guess this, maybe I'll give you this before, uh, so you kind of understand what I'm saying. It just seems to me that you come across as a very self-actualized person. And I think about how art seems to be a tool for doing that. Like a lot of, I know a lot of people that have a regular job that have never done any art and they, I feel like they often don't really know who they are. Like mm-hmm. they don't really know what they like. They're, they're super influenced. I mean, this is a judgment and I'm not judging them per se, but just noticing that, they're not aware of their real preferences. They're not aware of what the difference between them and their tribe is and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Whereas you seem like somebody who really has a sense of who you are. And I don't know, you definitely seem like you've been on a journey, even from earliest times that we talked. I feel like you seem to have, not in a, I hope it doesn't sound condescending. It's not like, I'm like, I'm really proud of your growth. (laughs) It's more just like, you just seem like you've been on a long journey and come a long way and I don't know. Does that, does that make sense? I don't know if I'm articulating it right. I do. Um, it's, it's kind of funny you say that because it's only really recently that I've felt like I've really, um, embraced everything I really love and started to, I've always used things I love in my work. Yeah. But I've never felt confident enough to think that anybody else would care. Mm. Because there's certain things that I love, like I love medical history. Um, and I never really used it in my work before because I was like, people just want to see pugs and cats and nobody cares <laughs> okay. about this. Yeah. Um, but recently I've made a few comics with, with that as a subject. I've realized that I can read books and that can feed into my work. I can, I've allowed myself to like start collecting vintage like illustrations and posters and you know to really surround myself with things that I love that I didn't allow myself to do for quite a long time because I felt like it was kind of selfish in a way to, um, I've never been good at buying things for myself. Right. Um, 
but you know I can buy a, a really nice poster or something and it's going to influence my work therefore it's it's an okay purchase yeah. to make yeah you know? yeah yeah um which still is kind of a weird justification in that you should be able to treat yourself without it right being profitable <laughs> or being yeah. you know, productive and useful but yeah, yeah I get it I feel you I do a similar yeah. thing yeah I yeah I've definitely tried to improve that um since being in the U.S. actually I feel like I don't want to say the U.S. is consumerist making you <laughs> but yeah um I've definitely I'll felt like it. you can get whatever you want here. True. Um, whereas in England, I'd like look at stuff, but you know, like on Etsy or something, and be like, mm. "Oh, but it's in America, and the postage costs so much, and I can't have it." Yeah. And now I'm just like, I'm gonna cover my walls in random like medical like what is, <laughs> labels Talk more about the medical history thing because I don't really even know what that. I mean, I kind of know, but what it, what's the deal with that? Um. I mean, it's just literally, I'm just interested in... Um, Is that me? Yeah. No, it's me. That's right. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just interested in history in general. Um, I guess coming from a family where a lot of people worked in... Um, medical field. In the medical field. Um, it's something I've always been surrounded with. Like, my mum was a midwife. And, and Really? Yes. Oh, um, I know your wife's yeah. a midwife, yeah. She's not, but she she, she was a doula. Okay. And she thought about going to school to be mm -hmm. a midwife and she, yeah, she was really fascinated by all that. Yeah. Yeah, my mom had this um book about midwifery in the house yeah. that I would as I said, I would just read anything and yes. it was very graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I opened it once and yeah, I it freaked me out. Yeah. But um <laughs> Yeah, I only kind of recently really got into the medical history side of things, and I always, I feel like it's kind of it was my destiny to be interested in that stuff. Yeah, I'm just a little too late to. I'm not at to, high school anymore, and right. decide that I want to go to medical school or whatever. Do you think it will have an impact on the work that you're? I mean, it sounds like it already has, but do you think yeah, it's um, I I mean, I always have a lot of ideas of things that I want to do. But um, I definitely have a lot of um, ideas for, for books and um, comics and zines that I yeah. want to make yeah. on that subject. So uh, when we first got started, you were, uh, we were both kind of pitching for similar jobs in kind of mm -hmm. the same world of like illustration. Uh, but at some point you, at least partially shifted more hardcore into the direction of cartoons, mm -hmm. being a cartoonist and uh, comics and all that. Was that how did that process all happen? Is that accurate description of what happened? Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, I'm I can draw, but I'm not like an amazing artist, and illustration requires you to. Be a very good artist. Right. Um, I'm not going to co-sign that you're not a good artist, but okay. <laughs> but I rely on words to support my drawings. I, f I find it difficult to do an illustration without ad adding any text in there. I feel kind of similar, but I yeah. understand that, but yeah. So I think it kind of happened naturally that I would try and put words in wherever I could, and then so people would see that and they would say, okay, so you, you like words, let's give yeah. you this assignment to do something with 
with some text in. Yeah. And then, you know, the more I did, the more I would get. And um, I started putting my work online that was kind of sketchbook stuff where I'd make little jokes or make little diaries. Was this like Flickr days? Yeah. 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 Um, and obviously social media has become massive and people on social media, comics is the big thing. And I never started making comics for social media. I made them anyway, but right. I think I just was lucky to be in the right place at the right time. Right. And did you, uh, were you kind of aware at the time that there was a difference between illustration and doing comics? Yeah. Um, I mean, I went to school for illustration right. and I never, there was, there was no cartooning degree yeah. that I knew of. Yeah. Um, I never really considered that what I did myself, like what I drew in my sketchbooks for fun was a serious career. And it wasn't until I got to art school and I mean, obviously I'd seen Gary Larson, yeah. but I had no idea of how you would get to be that person. Right. But when I got to art school, I, um, we had some a few visiting professors. Um, we had some guys from Le Gun magazine yeah. um, come in, and they kind of introduced us to a lot of artists, people like Tom Gould, um, who were making their own comics. And I, I'd always already really loved making stuff. Yeah. Um, I would like make a lot of I would sew stuff, um, and because I've always loved. I've, everybody, like my parents have always made fun of me because I love stuff. Like right. if I go to a museum, yeah. I love the gift shop. Me too, I'm like that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've always just wanted to be able to make, in the same way that I wanted to make the books and the comics, I wanted to make stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the same, like the ephemera, all the stuff around the thing, I'm all about. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what it is. Um, I actually just got back, I told you this, from Sweden, and there was Moomin stuff everywhere, mm. and I brought back <laughs> so much stuff, way more stuff than I should have bought, but I couldn't help it. I've never seen all this stuff, all this Moomin stuff. Yeah. I got, oh man, I, we jammed it. Uh, I got a giant stuffy, uh, I got, yeah, ton of stuff anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I this, I don't know what it is, it's just seeing something applied to something new or different. Yeah. I mean, that's why I should probably never go to Japan. Cause right. I just... I, me too. I will be the same. Yeah, <laughs> like... Crazy. Yeah, absolutely. That's funny. Uh, I can't remember what the original question I was. Know. I got really I, excited I, about I, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I don't know. I was just saying... Uh, did, so, but you did you notice the switch and you were like, yeah, I'm thinking... Were you thinking of yourself as an illustrator at that time and then eventually yeah. kind of changed the way you thought of yourself? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Th that was... Because, as I said before, I'm from a kind of practical family where you get yeah. a proper job. Illustration was a proper job. Yeah. And it was, you know, something tangible. You do the illustrations for the magazine and you get paid mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it took me a while to realise. I mean, at, when I was at art school, my professor did say to me, the stuff you're drawing in the sketchbooks is better than the stuff you're producing yeah. for briefs. Yeah. Um, but I was just kind of like, oh no, okay. isn't it stupid? Yeah, right. Like, it's just doodles. Um, and it really, it took me a long time to realize that that's what I should be doing and that people, 
because I'd never really shown anybody before. It was just something I'd always done. I, I think uh, there's a thing that is... Uh, so, I'll say it this way. There's a, I don't know, there's a really... Uh, there's an analogy about... I don't even know what it's about, but here's what it is. It says there's a scientist fish... And he's like studying and he discovers water. And then he goes and tells everybody every all this stuff about water. And they're like, wow, amazing. We can't wait to see it. And they're like, yeah, you're swimming in it. It's like, you're, you know, it's everywhere, right? And I think your gift uh, for, for a lot of people, their gift, what they do is like water. And that it's mm-hmm. like, for me, and okay, I get that anytime you're going to talk about your gift, it kind of sounds... <laughs> terrible right so I, every time I go to this place I end up like stumbling because I'm like maybe no one else thinks this is my gift but but I feel like uh, it, something to do with talking is which is a, also a dumb gift I feel like but like I would you know I feel like doing talks and doing um, and, and illustration is a big part of what I do I mean it's the large part of my income and everything and I do think it's part of my gift but uh, you know, I would be giving pep talks to individuals my whole life, and there was something. I feel like there's something. Uh, just it's, it just is coming out of me all the time, mm-hmm. right? Same as your journals, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a part of it that's like water, where it's so hard to notice, mm-hmm. just the stuff that is natural for you that just yeah. comes out of you. And so, do you think that shift from illustration to uh, um, being a cartoonist was? even if it wasn't an aha moment, like one moment, was that switch a pretty big breakthrough for you? Um, not really because it happened very organically. Slowly and organically. Yeah, yeah, it just, you know, as you work and as you get more clients, you naturally get to do more of what you want to do because you're less desperate for jobs that you'll kind of yeah. do anything. Um, and so I was finding that I was getting to do a lot more of more comic type stuff because that's what I I wanted. But was it a breakthrough to see how pe- strongly people were responding to that on online? Was that a breakthrough? Yeah, yeah. I would say that would be a breakthrough. Because um, you were sharing illustration alongside of it, and you know, you, lots of pictures as well as all of your, your yeah, and, the, and stuff. Yeah, the the kind of comic joke stuff was was the most popular, which it would be. You know, that's what people. But, like, you did, but maybe you didn't know that at the time, right? Like, I mean, earlier days in the internet, you're sharing all this stuff. We didn't have yeah. memes and all right. that. Right, we so did we not have memes. Yeah. <laughs> not to call your work memes. In the olden I days. know that that is, I've heard you talk about <laughs> that and I get it. But, but, but yeah, we didn't know the internet wanted this, mm-hmm. right? You right. Know? And so you, I'm guessing as you're uploading all these things, I guess what I'm alluding to is just that you have to be... Uh, uh, aware of how what's working and kind of working out like what do I do and like what do people mm-hmm. want from me and you know that kind of thing yeah that's true uh, okay anyway um, so uh, what, let me ask you this question I want to ask you a different kind of question what do you think makes for a good cartoon um, a twist Okay. Yeah, something unexpected. Um, taking something and pairing it with something completely different or like making it very predictable until the very last moment and then 
twisting it. Yeah. And that, and, uh, and stand-up comics would say a really similar thing, yeah. right? So do you, is, let me ask you this. Do you, do you use that idea purposefully when you're making stuff? Like you're doing that on purpose? Like how, how does that work? Because I, I do similar things with like analogies and in my talks I try to do a twist at the mm-hmm. end a lot of times. But I wonder in your process whether you're commanding that. Like does yeah, that make sense? I would say that I am because I love to study and um, I like to have a subject for my comics. And my husband always says, you just made 10 comics in one. Like, <laughs> I make 10 jokes in one comic where yeah, someone right. would use just that one joke. Yeah. Um, but, for instance, like, you're, uh, a good example of that is probably your, your sexy uh, Halloween costumes. Right. Where you do, like, mm-hmm. 10 of them instead of... Yeah, yeah like someone right. else would just do one of them. But I'm, I always think... But that one might not be funny. I need to have ten, so at least one of them is going to be <laughs> yeah, actually right. funny. And then you, I do notice, like maybe you put the zinger at the end. Yeah, the, la- I, the best one is usually the, the punch, last one. It's yeah. the punchline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I like to have a subject, and I like to. So, for example, the last comic I did for the nib was um, about dog shows. Okay. So. Um, it's either because the timing's right, because it was the Westminster Dog Show just now, um, or it's something that I just read about and I want to make a comic about. Um, so you chose the topic, yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. So, so I'll be like, well, I want to make a comic about dog shows. Um, what, what is it about dog shows that's funny? The names are funny. The dog names are funny. Yeah. And um, then thinking about dog shows as pageantry, and then I get to research beauty pageants. Yeah, like, the right. more research I can do, the better. Yeah, So I'm like, this. okay, now I get to go on the internet and read about beauty pageants. <laughs> right. And the reasons that you might get disqualified for a beauty pageant. Right. So, and Hold then on, all no, I did was... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... That's okay. You went, you did a thing right there, like, the reasons you get disqualified. How, how did you come upon thinking that? Because that's even a few leaps... Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, just kind of, I like to think around a subject a lot and think of every um, every possible angle that I could take yeah. and what would be something something a little dark or, you know, less like just these are, this is your talent or, and I, I would think about that as well. I would have a couple of sketchbook pages where I just think this all through on paper and That's the other question I was going to ask you of whether this is happening in your head or no, it's what's on it paper. look like when you're brainstorming? Is it lists? Is it drawings and lists? Is it it's with both. the research? Yeah, yeah. I I, I love having a, a new sketchbook page and writing the subject at the top, and then just reading stuff and writing everything down, doodling on the side, um, and then once I've got that idea down, so I've kind of thought what would be the funniest. Um, reasons for disqualification from the dog show would be funniest Um, then I can start thinking of the actual comic and what's going to go in it Right. Um, I mean that comic I basically did because I wanted to include my pug in it Right. and it was an opportunity was this the photoshopped one? yeah clearly photoshopped yeah Yeah. that was good (laughs) that's funny and so did uh, so how did the 
how did the, uh, and, I, and I get that we are dissecting the thing to a, to a <laughs> hell, but for me, I find it fascinating and I like to kind of figure out what's happening in the brain. Mm-hmm. I try to do it to myself so that I can repeat it, you know, kind of understand like how did I, how did that moment click? Uh, and so what, how did that one come about when you realized, oh, I'll go with the Photoshop joke? That was, um, a lot of the time I have the one joke that I like, that I want to use, but I'm not sure how I want to use it. Like like you knew you wanted to do something about being photoshopped? Yeah, right. and I have done a joke before about that. I've done, I used to do a Sky Cats comic um, for Emirates too, yeah. Airline magazine. Yeah, and it was... Um, I think the one cat says, what happened to you? And the other cat says, Photoshop, and it's a photo of a cat. <laughs> and, you know, I just like that joke, and I wanted to make it again. Yeah. So cool. a lot of the time I'll build the whole comic around one joke that I want to make. Yeah. And I'll have to, it might just be a pun. It might just be, like, a really bad pun. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but I love it, so I really, I need to think of more puns. Or right. I need to think of more jokes around this subject mm. and build it up from there. Okay. Um, and you know, I could just use that one pun and just make a comic out of that, like a normal <laughs> <Yeah>. person. <laughs> yeah. But but I mean, I mean, I'm I'm thinking that you know, like uh, this kind of uh, obsession, natural obsession to, because I I'm, I'm it seems like to me, how much drawing do you do? That like what percentage of drawing do you show the world? Versus yeah, what you not do. much. Right. The, yeah. So what do you think? Take a random guess of what the percentage uh, is. 5%. You show 5%? Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, to most people, I mean, I draw a lot. I think people think I draw a lot. I definitely don't draw as much as you. And I think, but I show a lot too. I show mm. a lot more than I than probably you do. <laughs> but, but I feel like people already think that you're crazy prolific. Yeah. So if they only knew... <laughs> It's drawing you're doing, but that's I mean that's what I I mean I mean I think that's part of the secret of like the reason you know there's a lot of people doing puns and stuff online, mm-hmm. but I feel like the reason why yours are transcending the the general memes and puns and stuff not to call your work memes I didn't that's not what I meant <laughs> for but, the second time sorry <laughs> it's like in my brain I'm like. <laughs> Don't say the word memes, and I said two times. But I feel like, uh, but I feel like there's definitely something of mastery going on there, where you're literally willing to explore this thing so in so many different avenues mm-hmm. that you're going to get a better joke, and you're going to get, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, not necessarily because I right. pick something, but that may not be the best joke. The funniest thing. I'm not right. always the best judge of what people will like. It's usually the thing that I think is. Do you the rely worst. on your husband for some of that yeah, feedback? He's, yeah, he's very helpful. Um, Does he think you're crazy with the amount of stuff you draw? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he does because he's always seen me doing he's it. Seen and it, yeah. it's, you know, I can draw at the same time as watching TV or whatever. So it's yeah. not like I'm scrolled away in my studio. Yeah. Do you, do, do, you, how, do you have like boxes and boxes and boxes of sketchbooks? I have quite a few. I lost a lot of them when we moved to the US. We sent a box. Um, yeah, we we left some stuff at Anthony's sister, my husband's sister's house, and um, then she shipped them with a parcel company. And uh, one of the boxes got lost. Oh my gosh! Uh, which had a few of my sketchbooks in. Were you gutted? 
I can't re really remember what was in them. Okay. So if I don't think about it, then it's fine. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, okay, that's really good. And I, um, one of the things I try to like, I've been talking to people about with the podcast is having a definition of good, like how, like you and you saying good comics have a twist. I do think mm -hmm. that, that knowing what your definition is is really helpful in hitting that target. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so the last thing I want to talk to you about was, and I, don't, I have no idea how long we've been talking. This could be days, but there's one other thing I want to talk about. It's still light outside. It's still it? light. Uh, is you just hit 500,000 followers on Instagram, mm -hmm. which is insane. Insane. Bigger than lots of celebrities. Like gent, like actors and right, like massive following, uh, and I wonder, I would love to hear what from your perspective because so many creative people think that they want that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I'd love to hear first what's genuinely good about it because I do think it, it there's all kinds of benefits mm -hmm. genuinely even though we want to write it off and then what's genuinely bad about it. Um, I mean, genuinely good is obviously that my work gets seen by a lot of people that yeah. wouldn't necessarily see it uh, otherwise. Um, it's been hugely helpful to me for finding clients, for selling products. Um, I've been on Instagram for quite a long time, so I think I've just had a lot of time to build the audience up. Um, yeah, I mean, social media in general, as much as I love to bitch about it, it's been very helpful and I don't know where I would be without it. Yeah. Um, but it's not, if Instagram was to go away tomorrow, to be honest, I'd be quite relieved. Really? Yeah. It's, um, there are a lot of negatives about social media, um, both work-wise and personal-wise. Um, I really try hard not to use it too much. I, I've kind of instituted a thing where I post in the morning and then I put my phone away and don't look at it again for the rest of the day because you can get very obviously distracted. Yeah. Um, also, there's this kind of feeling of things being very throwaway with social media. Mm -hmm. And it's like I like to spend a lot of time on my comics and they're something that um, I I like to do and I would like to have some longevity and a lot of the time I think on social media it's like people are just flicking fast, past stuff and they want a quick joke. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know what stuff is going to do well on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't want to just post that stuff. I do want to post some of the comics that I actually really love and enjoyed making, even though I know that people won't love it as much as a pug pun. Mm -hmm. How do you, what do you, what do you do with that information? Do you, do you just sometimes post stuff you know is yeah. not going to work? Yeah, I just and... post both. Yeah. Um, I give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. And I, but, you know, there's always some people who do mm -hmm. want the more the longer stuff and the uh -huh. you know the more obscure things, um, but um, yeah, I I I guess I do. I do use social media the way the way that it's meant to be used. I do target stuff 
to people and I've made some jokes and stuff that I probably wouldn't have made right. without it. Yeah. You know, just, um, yeah. I might have put them somewhere and buried in the middle of a diary, but it right. wouldn't be like the, the meme, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I feel like uh, in art we have actually this myth or this kind of the self-serving attitude of like the only right art is stuff that's just for you. Mm-hmm. But you apply that to any other business or any other part of your life and, every, and the exact opposite is true. Like mm-hmm. if you, anything else you want to do with your time, <laughs> if you're like, guys, don't worry, I'm just doing this for me. Yeah. Like, well, okay, you're a jackass then. Like, why is art right. the one thing that you're not actually allowed to serve anybody else? Mm-hmm. Like, You know what I mean? Yeah. That's weird. Like, yeah, if you're yeah. making people happy or feel something, then surely that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I, I commend you for doing that. And I think, so... Uh, on the genuinely bad without going off the deep end. What a, so I'll just say I have a f- tiny fraction of the following that you do on Instagram. And I ev- just slowly, over time, my, mine has grown, uh, not Instagram, but just my career and people seeing what I do, uh, slowly just grown over 10 years. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot more than it was 10 years ago. Um, and for me, I'm sensitive. I don't have... Uh, I wouldn't say that I have a, an anxiety disorder. I've had anxiety in the past that was heavy, but um, but I am sensitive and mm-hmm. I am emotional. And the, I thought, I did a post recently about how I thought that getting seen would be the reward and ended up being the cost of, mm-hmm. of building a successful career. And I, the more people that I know listen to the podcast, the more people I know that see my work, the more anxiety I have about it, about the vulnerability and all of that. Um, so I can't imagine on the scale of people that are seeing you, what, especially someone who already has a predisposition to anxiety, yeah. what that must be like. To be honest, I, it's all very abstract for me. I don't really think about those people. It would be the same however many followers I had. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I can't. The only time when it bothers me is when I get, you know, the one person who is rude or yeah, sends me a death threat or whatever. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, it makes real no real difference to me. The, right. The following. Yeah, maybe the reason maybe the reason why it's bugged me is that it's, you know, I think uh, maybe if it's the really anonymous people. It's easier mm-hmm. to just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But I feel like maybe because uh, mine is built into the industry, like a lot of my followers are people that are people I know. Mm-hmm. If I ever feel like someone is, I don't know, saying something hurtful, mm-hmm. it hurts me. So <laughs> anyway, anyway yeah. I just imagine, I just can't imagine having that many people see what you do and, and carrying the weight of that, but... Yeah, I mean, the people who are rude or hurtful are usually people I don't know. And, you know, it, it can be upsetting, but I'd be a lot more hurt if it was someone I knew yeah, yeah. saying something. Right. Um, all right. 
Well, do you have anything that you are? Uh, do you have anything that you're working on now that you want to plug or talk about or throw out there? Um, I'm I'm working on a graphic novel. I was probably working on it last time I did this podcast too. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's a big one. So you know that may come out in another ten years. <laughs> So look out. Keep so, your eyes yeah, peeled. Yeah, look out for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, do you, can you say what it's about? Um, it's about anxiety. Okay. I think uh, last time we talked, you were saying that you might have, you were thinking about doing it without pictures. Yeah, um, I, I am going to use pictures. It's just going to be, um, it's going to be less um, individual single panel comics and more of a narrative. Right, um, okay. So more like the diaries I make. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be more specific about a specific time in my life, like a memoir. Oh, okay. Um, I just need to find time to do it. Is it more serious? It'll be semi-serious. It'll still, still, have still jokes. be jokes in there. Yeah, right. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, apart from that, I'm just doing the same old thing. Doing your thing. Doing yep. the thing. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. I, I super enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Gemma, thanks for being on the show. Uh, I mean that from the bottom of my, of my heart. I know that you don't do a lot of these things, uh, a lot of podcasts and stuff like this, and uh, means a lot to me to have you on the show. It was awesome to hear about some of your childhood stuff that I didn't know about, and... Uh, just a big, big, big thanks. I really appreciate it. And I hope that we run into each other again. I wish we would have taken a photo of us together. And I forgot to do that because I was just enjoying the moment. And man, it's just been so great to come up uh, alongside Gemma and watch her career explode and unfold into uh, so many great things. And, you know, I think she's doing a lot of important work for creative people, addressing a lot of uh, feminine issues and a lot of uh, I don't know if feminine issues is the right word I don't know but all I know is that uh, she's I think she's put herself out there um, in the feminist world quite a bit and she's got a lot of flack from it and uh, I think she's normalized a lot of you know things like periods things that are you know half the population deal with and that are completely normal man I'm just going off on a tangent here, but I just think she's doing important work and she's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, she's been really open about her struggles with anxiety and I and she, I can't, I bet she doesn't even know how much of an impact she's made and uh, I'm grateful to have her in this world, grateful for her to be in the CPT catalog two times now. Um, so yeah, thanks Gemma. Okay, woo, another episode in the bag. Dudes. I am uh, really, really looking forward to um, this ser- the rest of this series. We're just getting started, and I would say I've probably never had this much positive feedback on anything that we've done, and I'm so happy to hear it because uh, this is some of my... This is content that I've literally been hammering away at and working on for the past three years and been trying to tweak it and figure it out. And I've had some big breakthroughs and it's just all authentic and legit. There's no posturing. This seven step process isn't a thing that I thought up in an afternoon and thought that'll make a good podcast series. This is like, I feel like, and 
I know this is an, I speak in hyperbole all the time. I know, but I really think this is like potentially some of my, my, uh, biggest life's work and I'm, and I'm crazy about it. I think it has potential to, uh, give you a roadmap to, to break through and be a catalyst for real progress. And so, um, I'm just, I'm excited to be sharing it with you next week. We're going to talk about, uh, steps two and three, which are the market and the niche. And this might be the, the most secretiest, sauciest part of the, the process. Uh, there's a, there's just a little, perspective and things that happen in steps two and three that I think are I kid you not I think that they are game changers and they are for me on a regular basis I go back to these and use them over and over these ideas and they give me clarity and help me help me to move forward so anyway sorry guys I know this isn't that episode but I'm just really pumped about it and I and I um I'm just trying to make you understand how important it is to me um (laughs) anyway all right here we go. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you love Creative Pep Talk and it's done something for you uh, emotionally, for your creative career, anything, if you want to give back, then there's a few things you can do. Some of them are super easy. Some of them are a little bit more challenging. One of them is uh, <laughs> you can review the show on iTunes. You can back it Financially, you can be like one of the producers of the show at patreon.com slash creative pep talk. You can get some CPT merch, a little give and take action at creativepeptalk.com slash shop. And you can get access to the first 100 episodes and stay up to date with new episodes by signing up to the newsletter at creativepeptalk.com. And you'll never miss all the creative pep talk action. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, thanks to Yoni Wolf, my man. For the theme music and the band, his band Y, for the beautiful music that you hear at the start of this podcast. Thanks to Nate Utesh and his band Metavari. Uh, you can find out more about Metavari at metavari.com. M-E-T-A-V-A-R-I.com. Thanks to Alex Sugg. He is the uh, part of the creative pep talk team that who knows, might grow, might not. Might just be me and him hanging out. Well, me and him and Sophie. Sophie is... Sophie's my wife. She's deeply involved in the podcast, whether you know it or not. Uh, But Alex Sugg, he edits the podcast. He provides some tunes for the podcast, and we love him for that. So thanks, Alex. Thanks to all of you guys for listening. I hope that this episode fuels you to overflowing and gets you through another week to invest, to stack up more uh, work in this direction leading you to your creative career sweet spot and when and until next week when you're back on e and you need a little bit more cpt juice until then stay pepped up